Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, One Fellowship of the Ring Quote at a Time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 42, which starts with Treebeard saying, They come with fire, they come with axes, and ends with Sam and Frodo uh, catching up to Gollum. Yep. They, uh, they're looking out over the, the marshes out in the of, distance. And then you will. You will. Muil. Coming out of Emin Muil. 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 Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Emin Muil. So this is a pretty light minute. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of notes from the commentary about mm. what's going on here. We get some more shots uh, from a little bit of a distance of like this fourteen foot tall tribute animatronic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a line that I never remember the order of how he says it, and uh, you you mentioned in the, the opening here, one fellowship of the ring quote at a time. Yeah, I was looking up uh, because it seemed typically there's like a rule of three in um, writing in general, like because three is like a like a powerful like rhythmic number. Three is a magic number. Yeah, but like um, here there's like five adjectives that he says. Um, gnawing, biting, breaking, hacking, burning, destroyers and usurpers, curse them. Uh, so and he's squeezing the hobbits when he says it. I wanted to double check and see if that was from the book. And this is actually another tie back to your fave Tom Bombadil. Uh, because this string of adjectives is from Fellowship. Mm. And the quote is... Tom Tom Bombadil's Tom Bombadil's words laid bare the hearts of the trees and their thoughts which were often dark and strange filled with a hatred of things that go free upon the earth gnawing biting breaking hacking burning destroyers and usurpers so that nice. is from the old forest yes, we get a lot of old forest stuff in the extended version of uh, Mary and Pippin's journey through Fangorn mm-hmm so that's cool. Another yeah. tie-in to the old forest. Yeah. To my man Tom Bombadil. <laughs> I just like the word choice. Like, coming from, like, a tree's perspective, like, mm. these things would feel like they were gnawing or biting. Mm. I like the... I really like the way it's delivered. Yeah. Those, those five words. Like, because he kind of changes the... The the, the cadence kind of changes across the, the five words. And as it builds, he gets um, more... Yeah angry yeah it's gnawing biting breaking hacking burning yeah and i like because gnawing sa- is a soft sound like sounding word like there aren't any harsh consonants yeah. and then biting there's one and then like breaking and hacking like the the hard k and then burning yeah i like the way it kind of makes a little like almost like a bell curve kind mm. of of just like because gnawing it and burning escalates. are both softer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. I got you. Yeah. I'm in your headspace. It's very, um, I, I like paying attention to the way words sound when they're rearranged, or they're when they're arranged a certain way, which, I mean, I guess comes from 
taking too many poetry classes. Uh, <laughs> but I I like uh, alliteration and um, me too. Assonance and consonance, consonance, and consonance. Not, well, consonants are like the word, the letters. Mm. But like assonance is like the vowels and consonants, consonants. I can't say because like consonant is the is the thing. Yeah. Consonants is plural, and then consonants, but spelled differently, would match assonance and dissonance. Yeah. Right. I guess. I was able to. And then sibilance. Sibilance is s sounds. Yeah. All these all these linguistic terms. Well, I I don't know if they're linguistic or not, but like we always used it in English class talking about the, uh, the diction, Mm. like the word choices, when looking at a piece. As opposed to the syntax, which is the sentence structure. Right. And I don't know. I like that it's five because it, I feel like six would be too much, but it's, it, it calls attention to itself. Yeah. By not, by being more than three. And it's like one of the only things that Treebeard like says kind of quickly. Mm. Like the last little bit there, especially, he gets it out real fast compared to the way he normally speaks. Yeah. And we get another mention of the white wizard. The white wizard. Which is our first, like, hint. Because we actually see him. We see a, a corner of him. Yeah. At the very... Well, not the very end of the minute. Because the very end of the minute is back with Frodo and Sam. But at the very end of the scene, we get a glimpse of the white wizard. We're not orcs. We're hobbits. Shire folk. Maybe you are. Maybe, maybe you aren't. The white wizard will know. And Mary and Pippin are just like, what? No. <laughs> We're running away from him. No. Why would you do this to us, Tree? That we've just met. In the book, the way they meet Treebeard is pretty different. Mm. They uh, they still meet him by climbing a tree, but they're not being like pursued in quite this same way. And then like they're talking about the forest, and Treebeard like wakes up, and he's just like, "Oh, those, those nice things you just said about the forest." <laughs> and then they're really confused, and then they just start asking him questions. I understand why they changed that because. The pursuit into the woods and then them getting picked up by Treebeard and then seemingly being delivered to Saruman despite their best effort, like, keeps building the the tension and the urgency of the, the situation. Yeah, it, it helps keep it moving. Yeah. You gotta keep it, keep it moving, remind people that, you know, ostensibly this is more of, like, an action movie. Although the... The, the cast kind of, some of them kind of disagree on what the tone of the movie really is supposed to be. Mm. Some of like the cast and other members of the team. Uh, and Brenda Philippa and Peter don't talk about it a whole lot in the commentary, but some of the cast and some of the production crew talk about whether or not they feel like this is a, like a fantasy movie or a war movie. Can't it be a hybrid I mean, yes, of, of course it can be both. Two? But like, but like you kind of have to wonder I, I guess they're kind of coming at it from a like which camp does it sit a little further into like as far as like the structure and the tone of like the movie itself mm-hmm. because the fantasy elements all feel really grounded although Gandalf gets a little exaggerated at times and then of course like the back half of this movie is one long war scene I think it's funny that the fantasy elements feel grounded considering we're talking about like a talking tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Treebeard is one of the most like one of the most fantastic things yeah. in the story. 
It's a living, walking, talking tree. And there's not just one. There's like a bunch of them and they're all buds. Right. And he's the leader? And they're all, right. And they're all named after kinds of trees, except for Treebeard. Treebeard is, is Fangorn. He is the forest that he lives in. And uh, he's he's not named as a kind of tree. Right. He's just here. I want to meet the Malorn Ent. How big is it? Do you think there is one? I don't know. The fact that they're named after kinds of trees makes me think that at some point there was one for each kind of tree. Mm. Where's that giant Malorn Ent? It's probably in Lothlorien. How could it ever hide? Because, like, the Malorn tree doesn't grow anywhere else on Middle-earth anymore, right? I don't think so. So if it's the keeper of... It was probably killed a long time ago. If it's the keeper of that certain kind of tree, mm. it's probably where all its charges are. That just means the Malornet was probably killed a long time ago. Not idly do the leaves of Lorien fall. Oh, no. Well, how is that an oh, no? It means they're sturdy. Mm. It just means it took a lot for that, that end to die, and that's sad. I don't think, I mean, what would have killed it? Uh, it's uh, not like the elves destroyers and usurpers it's not like the elves would have killed the the, the sacred being that protects mm. their trees it could have died sometime in the first or second age that's true i guess in the time of melkor or saruman or in, in the time of melkor or sauron's like height of power at some point it, they could have been killed mm. some of these ants because i mean the ants have existed since long before anything else yeah or long before most things yeah that's true and then we we shift from Mary and Pippin being thrown in the in the at the feet of the White Wizard. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Who is the White Wizard? Uh, and then we shift to Frodo and Sam catching up to Gollum. Gollum is or Smeagol. I think that this is the Smeagol voice. Yeah, is uh, happily like, "Come on, hobbits! See, I, I led you out. Hurry! Come on!" Mm-hmm. And they catch up to him, and we see like in the distance, you can see some of the dead marshes, and there's a volcano out in the distance. So Mount Doom, and one of the uh, one of the guys in the commentary, and uh, a couple of other ones kind of echo this sentiment. Feel a little kind of annoyed knowing that they had to digitally paint out some of this stuff when there was a real volcano in the distance of this shot already. <laughs> but the reason that they had to paint it out is that some of the some of the Maori tribes in the area. Some of these mountains are sacred to them, mm. and the peaks aren't allowed to be like shown on film or in photographs. That makes sense. So they, they painted them out. That's interesting. Yeah. It's really cool that they worked with with the um, indigenous people of New Zealand, and were just like, okay, well, if it's sacred in your tradition, like, we're not going to... We're going to do our best to, like, work with you. Yeah, and- so... They were given permission for some of the mountains that they used by the tribe, uh, by the, the tribes that they had contact with, and other ones they just painted out or only filmed stuff around the base of. Mm. So it's just the peaks that aren't allowed to like be on film or that they didn't want on film. Yeah. And that's kind of cool to me. That is cool. Little, little, little things you learn. Yeah. I like that they worked in conjunction with them instead of just like, F you, we do what we want. <laughs> we're going to do what we want. We're a, we're a big budget American movie. And that this uh, this moment here with Gollum climbing up the stones and then perched there on the rock telling them to hurry mm-hmm. was the first thing they shot that they knew they were going to add Gollum back into. Oh, cool. So there was like a, it was like a big blue 
screen like sheet on half the half the little area where they were filming so <laughs> where they knew they were going to paint Gollum back in. That's funny. It's just like, well, we're not sure what he's going to look like yet, but we're filming this stuff. And there you go. This minute's really quite light. Yeah. That's okay. Not every minute has to be like 45 minutes long. No, they really don't. <laughs> it's too much time for, for everybody. I just thought it was cool, like, another connection to your dude, Tom Bombadil. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> Gotta love that Tom Bombadil. <laughs> He's here in spirit. I guess. So, uh, with his tacky clothing. Uh, we're from the website, DuelingGenre.com. Check us out there, as well as some of the other podcasts available to you, such as the Protagonist Podcast and Doctor's Companion and a plethora of others. And uh, we hope you guys had a good Tuesday, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about uh, Sam, Frodo, and all of them. Yeah. Bye. Bye.